Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, this is Fairway Rolling, the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, on the line, as has been our way since the restart of professional golf back in June 2020, which honestly feels like Five years ago now, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, my Eagle enthusiast, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What up, Nate Dog? Old guys keep winning on the PGA Tour. Are we? <laughs> you know that's my lead note here, right? I I have this, uh, and we're going to get to the to the old guys and try and see if we can make some sense out of this. I will confess right now, I cannot make any sense out of it. But you and I will bat it around and see if we can come up with some kind of explanation. But before we get to the PGA Tour. I want to give a brief shout out to the LPGA. We had Marina Alex on uh, at the end of last week. Meatball. Our girl Meatball. And we um, talked about a whole bunch of things relating to her career, but also got into a bit of the LPGA PGA Championship, which was at Aronimink up in Pennsylvania. And we asked Meatball for a couple picks. Uh, unfortunately, one of her picks had to withdraw. Nellie Corda withdrew um, with a with a back injury, I think, and she was possibly kind of the best American hope just because of uh, what kind of form she was in and how well she'd played at the ANA Inspiration. But I think Meatball also gave us Lydia Ko, who finished inside the top twenty. But the 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 reason I want to give a shout out to the PGA Championship, the uh, Women's PGA Championship, Se Young Kim won her first major on the LPGA Tour, and she did it by kicking ass and taking names, Nate. Did you see any of her performance over the weekend? 
I did. And uh, just down the stretch, I watched it. And by then, it was over. She had her foot on the pedal, and it was really just when, not if. Uh, that That's right. She went 65 on Friday to go grab the lead, and then she validated that 65 with a 67 and a 63. Now, those scores from just sitting and watching the tournament and watching how easy it was at Aronimink for um, players to get in trouble and to put up a big score. It was playing firm and fast. It, w- it had all the hallmarks of this season right now that we are in on the East Coast, which is evenings dr- dropping down into the low 50s, maybe even bouncing into the high 40s and then days in like the 60s bumping up into the 70s. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's sweater weather. But it it permits um, you know uh, a setup and and a uh, a challenge of of firm and fast with the golf course and and fast greens and all that played out. I just was really charmed by Aronimink in that condition. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I was going to give a quiet shout out to Inby Park, who has seven majors under her belt and. If not for opening round and second round 70s, she was going to make a much harder run than she did at winning this thing. But I I just loved watching the course play. The last time we saw this course play with the men, it was a mess. And we just didn't get a taste of what it can actually do. It was really fun to see the strategic thinking around a golf course down the stretch of a major. I loved it. I'm glad you gave MB Park that shout out. She's 32 years old with seven majors and has finished in the top 10 of major tournaments that she has competed in over 60% of the time. So that makes you a baller in my book. MB Park, baller. That's a crazy stat. I mean, she's just always up for that challenge, which is something, you know, we'll, we'll have to compare notes. We talk about it now, it feels like every week with our homeboy, Justin Ray. (laughs) in <laughs> B Park rating very high on the cojones factor. Yeah, she's got the cojones factor very high. We need to start thinking about how to bet in B Park, but that's for another pod. Well, I, I mean, that that's exactly right. Um, they, those, those, there are odds out there. You can play the LPGA Tour in the betting markets. Um, we touched on that briefly with uh, Marina Alex. Um, and yeah, I think this is something for us to explore as we get going good both the lpga tour and the pga tour the men's tour have events galore going forward through the end of this 2020 calendar year and on into 2021 so yeah let's go ahead and expand the scope a little bit here let's go try and yeah look we only had eight players under par and that's how i want my majors to be i i mean i want to see really great golf on a really trying testing course and I want to see good players rise to the occasion. And that's what we had. We're going to have the Women's U.S. Open. I think it's the second week of December. I know it's in December. And they're playing at Champions down in Houston, which has been like a kind of a, a historical venue down there with, with uh, Texas Golf. Um, hosted lots and lots of, of PGA Tour events. For a while, it hosted the Houston Open. Um, and it has some you know legendary winners uh over the years so we got to get meatball healthy in time for that that's that's what we're rooting for uh we want her competing and maybe she'll give us some pointers on who is in form uh when december rolls around so let's go ahead and talk about some old guys 
<laughs> Man, we're talking about a lot of old guys. We're all, all we do is talk about old guys. So there's been four non-major events since the 2020-2021 PGA Tour schedule commenced uh, back in September with the Safeway Open uh, up in Napa and Stewart Sink. And the four winners have been, you know, with the, the we Bryson at the U.S. Open doesn't count for these purposes. We're just talking about the regular old. We're in he the is meet. an old man in a young man's body, but he doesn't count for this. Yes. <laughs> we have Stuart Sink, who won the first event, 47 years old. The, the babe uh, on the block with uh, this whole thing, uh, Hudson Swafford down in, in the Dominican Republic at the Corrales Punta Cana. Sergio at Sanderson Farms, he's 40 years old. Uh, and Martin Laird, most recently, he's 37 years old. Looks like he's 87. Yeah, and and has kind of the the the, the demeanor of it. that's not a knock. I think he's a a, no. a a gentle Scotsman. That's what I thought while I was watching him. He's a charming, gentle Scotsman. Golf takes it out of you. It clearly took has taken it out of Martin. It's his first win on tour in seven years, and he is a repeat winner at this uh, event in this venue. He had to get a sponsor's exemption. And I think the gracious folks at the Shriners took recognition of the fact that he is a past winner there, invited him in. He's the most recent uh, invitee, sponsor's exemption, to come in and win a tournament since the guy that he beat in the playoff, Matthew Wolf, one of the guys he beat in the playoff. Because mm -hmm. Matthew Wolf won that event in Minneapolis uh, or the Twin Cities last year. The 3M uh, as a sponsor's exemption invite. And uh, just curiously enough, he and Martin Laird were paired up here. Martin Laird is a, is a sponsor's exemption invite. And Laird, it was an interesting end to the tournament for him because he made an absolutely incredible up and down on the 17th hole where he looked like uh, bogey was... The wheels uh, were off. I mean, he smashed it. Uh, uh, it, the seventeenth is a par three, yeah. And he 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 was nowhere. He was on another planet. Uh, off the tee, he chipped to eighteen feet and made the putt. Yeah, it, it, and you thought at that point it's over. I mean, he had drained a complete ball that was just plugged in the lip of a bunker on nine for eagle. And when th that was a shot that probably you thought maybe he's going to bogey this and he somehow got it up and out and it rolled in. And at that point you thought, all right, he's going to cruise. And then he just got up on 17 and just fade swiped. And I I've been down in that area where he, where he was between 17 and 16. And there are usually spectators there, but, uh, th the shot that he had was scarier than it even looked on TV because he could not go up and over a tree and to get to the green and behind the green was water. And so he had to punch it low and somehow find a way to bring it through that grass and trickle it onto the green with a very real chance that he either left it significantly short and then had to do the same thing because the tree was gonna keep him from getting the ball up in the air again or that he was gonna blast it over the green and maybe this is where the Scotsman and his uh, growing up in Scotland, you know, working on those sort of little punch wedges helped him in that moment because it certainly gave him a chance to go to 18 
where you know he 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 the the wheels were still shaved. <laughs> they had one bolt on the wheels and he landed it with the bogey and then managed to do it in the playoff. Well, the crazy thing is I thought it was over after his tee ball. The tee ball on 18, you know, it, from at least the tell I I have played that golf course one time and we didn't make it to 18. I think we made it to like 16. It was taking too long. We were out in the desert. It was you were August. drunk. Well, I needed that we had plans. Let me just put it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. So we had because TPC Summerlin is a little bit of a trip to get yeah, back it's, to the it's strip. out. It is. It's a yeah. good 25 minutes. Yeah. So we sacrificed the last few holes um, to get back to our evening activities. Got but um, the from the television perspective, and you can can verify this, perhaps it is a little bit of a, a trick on the eye because um, it's a it, it, it is a dog leg left off yeah. the tee, but it's straight in from, you know, when, when you arrive on the fairway and it feels like you can either blow it way right or just put a tiny snap on it and it wants to go left. And down. the problem is there's rocks and desert stuff down to the left. So right. it, it can be a scary tee shot for sure. But he stood up there, no issue whatsoever, middle of the fairway, and I think he had 180 in. He, he was conservative with, I think, a three-wood off the tee. Um, but then he put himself in trouble with the second shot, and maybe that's where the nerves jumped up. Well, the, the, the chip that he hit, as great as the chip was on 17, a much easier shot. You know, he had a sprinkler head or, or a plate in his way or something, but there's no excuse. It just was a tight lie, and he chunked it and left it way too short. And yeah. Well, I think he gets up and down, you know, nine out of 10 times if he doesn't have the the looming potential victory over him in that moment. My complaint isn't with the getting up and down part. It's you're in the fairway with 175 yards or whatever it was with a chance yeah. to win. Yeah. Hit the green. It's a big green. There yeah. was, there's, you know, it, he, it, it looked like the same swing he hit on 17. He just hit a little swipey fade yeah. and, and, and pushed it right. And, you know, the thing is, though, the putt that he hit, Almost went in on 18. Yes. And, and he, he had, you know, he had hit a great putt on 17 to make par. So you felt like, well, that stick at least is working for him. So let's see what he can do in the playoff. And he actually, on the first playoff hole coming up 18, he seemed to steady himself. He, I think, was closest to the pin, uh, although they all had, you know, 20-something foot putts uh, on the first playoff hole. But he also hit a really good one that almost went down on 18. So it wasn't too surprised to see him make that that birdie on the second hole. Yeah, I, that that's ex exactly right. Uh, the steadying himself in the playoff, they repeated the 18th hole. He hit the fairway again and then got out whatever jitters he was feeling about potentially winning, smacked it up there to 20 feet. And the putt, as you said, it wiggled at the very, very last moment uh, away from the hole. But... All that did was prolong them getting to, to play the par three seventeenth again, and 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 no issue whatsoever. Hit it to the middle of the green, had the shortest putt of the three guys, and sunk the twenty footer for the W. I think that might be the most airtime that Martin Laird. I could confirm without a hesitation or reservation. It's the most airtime <laughs> Martin Laird's ever gotten on this podcast in the four plus years we've been doing it, and I anticipate it's likely to be the most airtime he ever gets on this podcast. Well, there's a couple of undercard stories that are worth talking about coming out of this tournament. First of all, it lived up to what we had said coming into the week, which is that the back nine is crazy. You saw Bryson, you know, on holes 
12 through 18 go six under uh, on, on his opening round. So so it, it sort of showed what a fun finishing stretch of holes it is that for some reason keeps, even though there are a lot of birdies to be made, it keeps the, the leaderboard pretty tight. Nobody ever really seems to separate themselves here. But, but we got to talk about Bryson. We also need to hat tip Matthew Wolf, who I, I don't, there's no other way to say it. He's made the leap. Oh, and, I agree with you. And it, 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 I mean, he is now, you know, he's a top 10 golfer in the world. The world golf rankings have got to catch up with him. But the guy was fourth at the PGA. He's played two tournaments coming back and he's, he's T2 and solo second. So, uh, including US Open. So this guy is really stepping up to play golf. Like, you know, I, I got to say, we weren't exactly sure if he was capable of this. He was a guy who hit the crap out of it. And in fact, early on, when they put him in one of those charity competitions, uh, it felt like he was a little out of place because coming out of the restart, he was in the hundreds in the FedEx Cup. He really hadn't done much since his win in Minnesota that got him you know, off the schneid, whatever, four tournaments in to his PGA Tour career. But he is now playing with precision after those drives that makes this guy a threat in every tournament. So that that's kind of the point to me, which is how young this dude is and how much he has achieved at such an early age. There were, I saw a note. If he had won this past uh, tournament that he'd won to the Shriners, he would have been the fastest to two tour victories at his tender age since Sergio Garcia. So... Mm-hmm. It is, uh, and, and and Sergio started younger than Matthew Wolf, but you know we're barely like a calendar year out from when he won on tour. I mean, he's only been playing professional golf for about I don't know, is it even thirteen months yet? So that that that's the thing, right? He's he's showing um, again. The, 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 we're getting these young guys who show such a, a readiness to compete on tour to come out and and grab top 10s and grab top 5s and they're not afraid to go win majors shout out Colin Morikawa I mean that class of Morikawa Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf all of whom played collegiate golf in 2019 they were playing against each other in college and now we have a whole slew of wins and top 5s and top 10s and all kinds of great ball striking uh, accolades and and driving accolades out of this group. And I think this is, you know, with these young guys, like the new normal, because we had kind of a round of this a handful of years ago when we were looking at Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth uh, and who, whoever else I'm, I'm leaving out, you know, that fit in that sort of age click. Brooks, honestly, Daniel Berger was part of that class. Yeah, that's right. You fast forward the four years since we were looking with admiration at those young guys arriving and immediately kicking the ass and taking names. And here's our our next sort of class of that. And yet, Nate, we just went through it. The the ages of winners, 47, 33, 40, 37. Well, and that's that. That's why you have to really hat tip Matthew Wolf because what Martin Laird showed us coming down the stretch is holy crap! It's hard to be in that position, and 
uh, and it's hard to win a golf tournament. I mean, Martin Laird has one fewer wins on the PGA Tour than Ricky Fowler, which is a shocking statistic. But, you know, you, you gotta, it's hard to win, right? You gotta put yourself in that position. Matthew Wolf has this frenetic energy that we've talked about, where at times it feels like maybe he's trying too hard, and then you go, oh, he's 21. Like, nobody knows how to be in front of a camera at 21. But this kid, just in the last six months, has put himself in position so many times, you can see him maturing coming down the stretch of these tournaments. And he's just, it just takes reps to be in those positions before those nerves and that anxiety and the thoughts that distract from the focus of one of the hardest things to do, which is hit a golf ball well. Those distractions start to fade away the more that you're in those positions. And he is putting himself in those positions, not just going against Austin Cook and Martin Laird, but you know, he's been battling Bryson DeChambeau down the stretch. So it, he's the real deal. I don't think of the three guys that you just talked about, Victor uh, and, uh, and Colin, that you would have expected Matthew to be in the place that he is right now. But he's clearly this, this break. He worked his ass off before the restart, and it is showing. I did wager on this golf tournament this past oh, weekend. Oh, boy. <laughs> and That's I not looked, a secret. I looked through the odds, and I, well, I, I am only a, occasionally placing bets to win. I had 50 bucks on Matthew Wolf to win at 24 to 1 this Atta weekend. Boy. Yeah. Atta now, boy. he didn't win. <laughs> so I lost my 50 bucks, but I will tell you, Sunday in my house was very exciting, and it, and yeah. it helped. It helped uh, that I had something else to turn to so I didn't have to watch poor Alex Smith out there for the Washington almost might be professional football team. Uh, well, we were texting know. in grave fear about what God. was going to happen to Alex Smith. I'm just glad we got through that game. That, I mean, and, and let's figure out some way for him to not play professional football anymore. Can he, can he please just not go out there in any capacity? Just, it seems like we could make him the offensive coordinator. He's won everything. He's conquered everything that there is to conquer. We're talking about Alex Smith right now. There's nothing else for him to prove. Um, he's done it. He survived. Let's let's move on, please. <laughs> no more. I, I can't. I can't take it. Uh, but yeah. So it was nice to have a little bit of action on on Matthew Wolf uh, this week. And I'm just gonna say it up front. I'm gonna keep playing him. I mean, there's no well, reason to not to. I I, I, it's hard to bet against the guy at this point. The problem is his odds are going to start to get scary pretty soon. But uh, we did see a few of the Saturday-Sunday bed shit rounds <laughs> that I mean, we had talked about. Yeah. We're, there's no way that we are going to move on without talking about Stuart Sink. And you, what's <laughs> truly remarkable, he's 47 years old. He was at 13 under entering the Sunday round. So 13 under was still within kind of shouting distance. He wasn't going to win the golf no. tournament, but at 13 under, that still could have, you know, a, a five under round would have put him, you know, top, top 10, maybe even top uh, five. Yes. A, a five yeah, under round would have put 18 him 18 under finished T8. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it didn't go that way, House. <laughs> so, I mean, on well, the one hand, I'm 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 not even mad. I mean, I'm kind of amazed, right? Yeah. What What was he it, doing? What did he well, do? He, he was making bogeys. Uh, in particular, uh, in particular, he made a nine on the twelfth hole by just 
<laughs> repeatedly putting it in the water. I don't and, care about the score. I want to know what he did Saturday night. Yeah. Well, I don't think he wants to share that with us. Nor, <laughs> nor by the way, does our man Kevin Na, who yep. was really in contention and with a real round had a chance to win this golf tournament for the second year in a row and did something with Stuart Sink late at night on Saturday and came out and dropped a plus five to, to, to catapult himself down the leaderboard. And maybe they invited, I don't think Cantlay was there for the whole night, but I think he was there for dinner. Because he was Cant there. Cantlay yeah. was there for apps. Yeah, he was there maybe for apps. Maybe he stayed for the steak and then, and then peeled out before things started to get a little naughty because Cantlay should have won this golf tournament. And as we talk about what's coming up this week, it's hard to ignore. This this was a little bit of what we've seen from Cantlay since right. the restart, which is yeah. this sort of weird, he's there, but he's not really, you know, just not the nails, gritty, grinding competitor all the way through the end that we've grown accustomed to. Uh, but this is a golf tournament where he shot 63-65-65. Like, he came in, he was going to win this thing threw it in reverse. So I think those guys, you know, went to STK or something the night before and Cantley went to bed a little bit earlier, but uh, shame on those guys because we can spot the bed shit rounds in Vegas from a mile away. Well, we're going to have another crack at it. And oh, there are going to be some good ones this week. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this episode is brought to you by hotels.com I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was 
a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We are uh, looking at a no-cut event. <laughs> this is the CJ Cup. I can't, yes. I, if I try to say that 10 times fast, the CJ Cup, which is typically in South Korea at the beautiful Nine Bridges. I do, this is, I do regret the opportunity to go visit um, Asia at this time of year. I do like the transportive feeling I get when we're, when we're in that tiny little bit of an Asian swing. And that course is beautiful on TV. Yes, it's amazing. I mean, this is, I have lots of reasons that I want to go to South Korea. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, uh, we got such a great dose from um, enjoying the, the Winter Olympics uh, a few years ago. And just like the exploration of that country and the food and, you know, the terrain and the very, and then obviously the golf. So we're missing out on South Korea this year. But I guess Vegas is a fine um, second choice. And the reason we know we're going to have some great bed shit rounds this week is because there are some players from the Asian tour, some Korean players who have been brought in for this tournament, who absolutely are in Vegas for the first time. And then we've also got some players like the great Jim Herman and Richie Wierenski, who are going to get through to Saturday and not be in contention and are going to go out on a bender. So I just can't wait for, for to see them just absolutely maul their way around Shadow Creek with a gnarly hangover on Sunday. There is a margarita machine, frozen margarita machine in the clubhouse that is constantly on <laughs> and constantly being tended to and apparently constantly being used. So I, there's going to be somebody who ejects hard this week. And by the I, way, it's got to be Harry Higgs if Harry Higgs doesn't play well. I, I'm sure Harry Higgs will be drinking on the course if, if he's not in contention. My uh, enjoyment of admiration for um, and overall awe of Harry Higgs obviously just grew with the latest viral hit, which was uh, the gentleman on his skateboard um, to the Fleetwood Mac song, this TikTok that yeah. that has circled the world ten times over, the Ocean Spray, the Ocean Spray, yes, Ocean Spray, and Harry Higgs on that shit right away was up. I I didn't even feel like twenty four hours that I saw the Harry Higgs version of him in a golf cart <laughs> with the Ocean Spray <laughs> and singing along. And by the way, looked very comfortable. I mean, I could easily see Harry Higgs. Uh, you know, on the back of a of a pickup truck and a skateboard. Well, he's a Tito's guy, so you're. I can easily see him face down in a bunker on Sunday. So let let's see how it goes. Uh, I, ha- I have an important question to you about this margarita machine. Yeah. I have been to Shadow Creek. I've played it. Is it there all the time? Uh, supposedly, it, just... it is. So, are okay. you telling me you missed it? Yeah. So I went. That's unlike uh, you. It was a handful of years ago. I was there on kind of a solo mission. I played by myself. There was nobody else on the golf course. It was like August. It was like, you know, in fact, I went out there. 
I met up with Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal because we all wanted to register for the Super Contest. Right. You know, the the betting thing where you pick five games every week and you have to do it. The registration has to be uh, in person. This is the back in the old days. Uh, and so it was August in Vegas, uh, hotter than Hades, and there was no competition whatsoever getting a tea time at Shadow Creek. And I played in like the late morning and there was nobody in the whole venue. Uh, they put me in Oscar De La Hoya's, uh, locker. I enjoyed that. Um, sadly no boxing shorts cause I definitely would have swiped them. Um, but you know, uh, I got a great tour of the place. I really got a, a good feel for it. Nobody pointed me anywhere near. A margarita machine, Nate. Did you did you miss the nacho bar too? I missed everything. Yeah, oh, nobody boy. nobody pointed me in the direction of any of these amenities. Now I do wonder if because it, it was like really their down down season, right? August in Vegas is not when they're clocking rounds at that place. Um, and that's when you need the margarita machine. Well, and but I. I don't. I wonder if it was not in operation. I don't. I, I feel like they might have taken some of these amenities and, and your had point them in is, storage. Your point is, you've never been in a building where you weren't immediately drawn to, and where you found immediately any food or beverage options. So it's basically impossible that it was up and running when you were there. That's my view. This is yeah. where I'm landing on this. I got That's it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, let's hope that they make good use of it this week. That said, this course is stunning, and. Uh, it is a course that I think the reason people freak out so much about it is you're in Vegas. It's the middle of the desert. There's no chance that there's some beautiful, hilly, undulating North Carolina looking green uh, uh, park that is also a golf course. You just can't believe this thing exists. But as a standalone entity, it's beautiful. I hope it shows well on TV. I did not watch a lot of the Phil Tiger night golf event the last time we saw this course on TV. So uh, I'm excited to see what it looks like, but I hope they can capture the the real nature of it on television this week because it's absolutely stunning. And, and it's legendary and, and uh, legendary in one particular respect. It has been a venue that has seen, not just in connection with the Tiger Phil event, but in connection with professional gamblers and other high rollers who land in Vegas and like to, as part of their overall uh, bankroll, allocate you know a whole bunch of zeros to going out and gambling on the the golf course. There are legendary stories of hundreds of thousands of dollars exchanging hands at this venue. So it's a place that has seen very tense golf moments uh, over the years, but mainly with. With the amateur ranks and and with the professional uh, gambling r- ranks, I don't know what to expect. I, when I experienced it, I'm glad you made that North Carolina reference. It felt very much to me like a like like a low country. I would say South Carolina, but you know we're just splitting hairs. And and just because there is some water um, that they've put in place, uh, you know, kind of interspersed. Throughout my recollection of it, and I'm interested in hearing, I know uh, your brother is playing this week, and we might have a little bit of early feedback on um, kind of how it's playing. They can get it really firm and fast. The greens can get lightning quick, and I don't recall there being too much trouble off the tee. It was just a choice of like, where do you want to be for your second shot? Because it's not impossible to find the fairway. Now they're That's playing it. it at yardages that are, you know, not 
they, they, they've increased the length of it to accommodate yeah, it, the tour. It, it's it's a 7,500-yard course, but there's also altitude there in the high desert that, that makes that not exactly 7,500 yards. They'll, they'll do a par 5 over 600 yards. They got a lot of longer par 4s, uh, one over 500 yards. So th- th- there's some length out there, but this is a second-shot golf course. And then you get up to the bent grass greens, and there's a lot of undulation. And so... You know, the guys who put themselves in the right position coming in are the ones who are going to win this this tournament. It's not the most challenging of driving courses that's ever existed, that's for sure. Well, and, and we have a crazy classy field, right? All five of the top five players in the official world golf rankings are here. D, that's DJ. DJ, it's Rom, it's JT, it's Rory. We're missing Bryson but we have Morikawa. So we've got five of the top six. And welcome back. Brooks Kepka. There he is. How about it? I mean, the leg maybe is under control, the back, whatever he's been going through. The hip. The hip. He's, he's, worked, it, he's worked it all out. It's not an impossibly difficult, challenging walking course. So hopefully... It it fits him wherever he is. Uh, but physically. God, house! If we're in a place where we have to worry about Brooks being able to walk <laughs> a golf course, we, we got bigger problems. We were uh, just there. That's where we were with Brooks. I, I know, but you know what's hard about the field this week, Brooks included, is it's really hard to pick out who the favorites are. And the strength of field is awesome, but a lot of these guys we haven't seen in a little while. I mean, we know DJ has the course record largely because he finished eagle birdie eagle on that round because it, it goes uh, par five, par three, par five to finish, which is fun. It means a lot can change down the stretch. But we know DJ has the course record. Wait, wait, I, wait. Course record yeah, under what circumstances? Uh, I think not in a tournament. Oh, just playing, playing the golf course. Yes, yeah. pl- okay. playing it with Gretzky. He is the guy who who carded, I think, seven under. So that's that's not even that great of a score. That's only 65. Outside of that, it's easier this week to look at the field and think about here's who I'm not going to bet, here's who I'm going to fade, than who I'm actually going to pick. I mean, Terrell Hatton won at Wentworth this past week. Quick shout out to that event. It's it's one of the cornerstone Euro Tour events. There was the BMW out there, right? The BMW Championship at Wentworth. I love that golf course on television and Terrell Hatton wore a hoodie. So, I mean, uh, shouts to Terrell Hatton for just, you know, doing his thing, going out and being him. I interrupted you, but anytime the winner has a hoodie on. And also, really quick shouts to Patrick Reed, because Patrick Reed is an insane maniac, and he is currently leading the race to Dubai because he loves to play uh, golf worldwide. I won't say anything about what that says about him uh, and whatever may be going on. In his life, he had no problem jetting from the U.S. over to England and playing in this event, and he finished tied third, and he leads the race to Dubai in, 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 on the Euro Tour in points. Sorry, well, I interrupted he, you. He, he gets a lot less shade over there. Uh, while, we, while you were <laughs> waxing poetic about, about Pat Reed, I confirmed that DJ does have the course record, but it's not seven under. It's six under. So that tells oh, you 66 is the course record. So that tells you something about just how great of a challenge this course is uh, and, and what we're going to what we're gonna see. But I, listen, I think anybody who's flying over from that event last weekend to Vegas, yes. you know, 
I, I, I'm not feeling great about. So tie hat and I don't feel great about, right? Okay, we're fading tie. When was the last time you could get better odds for Justin Rose than Sergio? I've been out on Justin Rose for a while. He, he with the equipment change, he really let me down at the Masters two years ago, and I really haven't gotten over it. He missed yeah. the cut uh, two years ago, and, and he's been on my S list ever since. He's dead to you. Yes. Well, you can get better odds for Rose than you can for Sergio this week. I, I'm, I'm thinking fade them both because Sergio didn't play great in Vegas uh, on Sunday either. And, and Justin Rose coming over, uh, it just doesn't feel great for either of those guys. I, for me, Brooks too. I, I assume that this is one of those warm-up events for Kepka. Um, as he starts looking at the Masters, it's sort of all been about the Masters. That's why he skipped the U.S. Open. We know that. I would be stunned if he shows up and plays incredibly well this week. A top 20 wouldn't surprise me in a field of 78 guys. But if he's really in contention, you know, this is one of those, let me get back into the rhythm of things and make sure that uh, the weight and balance all works with the state of my leg, hip, lower body injury that I keep treating like it's a hockey injury and not telling anybody what it is as if this is a tackle sport or something. And Scotty Scheffler's another guy, House, who I, I just, he has not been playing great. And you look at him, and especially with the odds where he is, he's You faded him last week. He, yeah. he, he was playing great, and then he got COVID, and he hasn't yeah. played well since. So, well, and so what is that a tip for? Top five Tony right. is coming off COVID. And that's another guy where you just, I think you got to stay away from Tony this week. You just don't, the good news is he's playing. Uh, the bad news is you just don't know how much golf he's been able to play and and whether he's going to be more about the margarita machine than he is about uh, about being top five Tony. So there's a well, lot of guys not, this week yeah. who you want to stay away from. Yeah, that's not his thing. I, I'm looking for guys, I mean, Tony, I'm talking about with the margaritas. You don't hear those stories with, with him. Um, but he, here's... An angle, and it's not uh, particularly brilliant. I'm wondering about correlation with guys who play good in California, guys who've done well in sort of in, in like desert settings. If there's yeah. any uh, possibility of drawing something there, and a name, you know, the the odds are bad. He's 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 twelve to one to win. Um, but I'm looking at like John Rom because John Rom has you know made all kinds of hay. On the the California Loop, um, he obviously Arizona State guy exactly yeah. plays well in, in at that at the waste management every year. He's kind of we we don't have track record for anybody other than DJ the course record holder uh, at this place. Uh, but you know, in tournament conditions, we don't have track record for anybody. So I'm just looking for any kind of angle. And Rom, what is there to say about his form? It was incredible, uh, and, and and he he didn't even play great at the U.S. Open and still finished in the top. 25. So he's a guy that I just feel like that's a decent anchor to kind of build a team around, maybe. I agree. I like the way Abe Answer played last week, the way he finished. He's at 45 to 1 right now. I like the way Siwoo Kim played last week. He's at 90 to 1. And with a second shot priority golf course where ball striking matters, Neiman played great last week. And he's sitting there at 66 to 1. I like the, all those names. Those are guys to look at. And even though Kevin Na was a part of the bed shit STK dinner on Saturday night, Kevin Na was playing really well. He's from Vegas. He always seems to play well anytime he's here. 
And, you know, he's sitting up there at 125 to one. Now, maybe maybe it's just Summerlin that that gets him going. But those are guys that look like decent value in a week where there are some guys with some scary odds closer to the top of the board. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to play Abe answer. He has won the Australian Open, so obviously comfortable and hot, firm and fast. He had he, he finished solo fourth just this past week at the Shriners. He has a top five at the American Express up there in Palm Springs. So, you know, comfortable. And I think he's he's uh, played well in like Saudi Arabia as well. I, I'm interested. I have a guy on here who I was surprised to see um, as a good performer in desert conditions because I don't think of him this way. And he's also making that flight um, from Wentworth over to Vegas. Did you know that Shane Lowry has finished twice on the DP World Tour Championship, which is, I think they play that in, in Dubai, right? And then he he, uh, he, he won the HSBC in, in Abu Dhabi, and he just finished top 15 in that Wentworth event, so it feels like form. I don't know. I'm worried about that 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 flight because the, the time difference is is dramatic, right? Isn't it nine hours? Yes, and then they wake up to temptation. I mean, I can't believe you said Tony doesn't do more. Maybe he's going to be temptation Tony this week and hit the margarita machine. <laughs> Vegas, all bets are off. Like, DJ has the course record, but do you really trust DJ in Vegas? No, no. I mean, Under Sh- no circumstances. Shane Lowry, you know, his party celebration after he won the Open tells you everything you need to know. That dude will be singing on a table somewhere in Vegas this week. Okay, that's fine. I'm I one one other name available at 100 to 1 right now, um Cameron Smith. Yeah. Who uh, you know, couple W's on the Australian PGA. Did he win the Sony Open in 2020? I think he did. Yes. So that that's the event in 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 Hawaii. Yes, he did. So, so he can handle hot, he can handle if it blows a little bit. Um he can handle firm and fast. How just, how quickly you abandon your winner's theory, though. Last week, you were all about guys in Vegas and you were all about Colin Morikawa. And now we have a ball-striking second-shot golf course and he's sitting right in front of you. Why no Colin Morikawa this week? I do like him. I'm worried that if this ends up being a shootout, we haven't seen... Out of Colin Morikawa, I don't think that like shootout kind of uh, uh, the course records a sixty six though. Okay, so this thing's going to play tough enough. Yeah, we're not. We're, this is not going to be a twenty two under winner this week. So we like it. We know T to Green. We can trust him. Yeah, and we just don't want him to have any three footers. We know where his you know his his second shot prowess has been. Very well regarded on this uh, podcast. Okay. All right. I'll, I might sprinkle a little. Let me see. What are the odds for, for Colin? 28 to 1. Actually, you know what? That's that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty what juicy. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's going to get a little little change out of me, Colin Morikawa. He's, he's available. And, and then if you're, I don't, look, don't love the odds on Cantlay because they've been boosted pretty significantly. He's 18 to 1. But boy, Patrick Cantley woke up on Monday and said, I shouldn't have done dinner with Stuart Sink and Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Na. Na. And I had that tournament and it's time to get back to being who I am. I, I would not surprise me at all to see Cantley win this tournament this week. Okay. All right. I, I, that, that's fine. Uh, maybe a tiny bit uh, on him because he will string four 
rounds together at some point. He's got the talent for it. Maybe he's found something right there in the desert, right? Does not, not a big trip from TPC Summerlin to Shadow Creek. Uh, speaking of not a very long trip, short trip, you have designs, PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, of getting yourself from Los Angeles, California to Las Vegas this week to go be on the grounds at Shadow Creek to uh, walk around a little bit, to maybe check out your bro, Mark Hubbard, who's, who's in the field. And uh, you're going to have a report for us uh, when we reconvene next week of how the place is playing. And maybe we'll get some tweets out of you as well. Also going to preview Sherwood, uh, which is where the Zozo is next week. Tiger Woods defending champ uh, of that tournament. And it will also be a super strong field. So we're going to go, we're going to walk some grounds this week, House, so we can talk about it next week. Well, please do this for me and for all of our birdie buddies out there on Fairway Rolling. Get yourself a margarita. Can you do that for me? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? I mean, I'm not like you. What if I can't find it in the building house? You son of a bitch. They're going to have it out. They did not have it out. I'll, I guarantee I'll, I'll gamble on it. I'll bet you anything that they did not have them. Reach, the nachos were definitely not out. There was no food. There was nobody there. I was the only guy out there. I was lucky to get a caddy. I will have a margarita for you, and uh, I'll be face down in the bunker like like top five temptation Tony will be this week, or <laughs> Harry Higgs will be this week. Anyway, I, I just I so appreciate the PGA Tour for doing two weeks in Vegas. Even in the COVID environment, we're definitely going to see a few more Vegas bed shit rounds this week. So looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, something to look forward to. All right, my birdie buddies, my par-saving pals, there you have it. We will get our reports from our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. Check his Twitter out. What is it, Nate? At Nathan C. Hubbard. At Nathan C. Hubbard. That's pretty straightforward. We're back early next week. We're going to hear how things looked and played at Shadow Creek, and Nathan will have by then played Sherwood and will have for us a report on how Sherwood is shaping up for the Zozo. Until then, my Eagle enthusiasts, let's head them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.